Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. everyone welcome to the tennis.com podcast i'm one of your hosts nina pantic joined as always by irena falcone hey guys how's it going our special guest is someone absolutely awesome in the hosting and broadcasting mm-hmm. world dana perino dana welcome ah, thanks for having me i'm i'm really honored that i get to be on this podcast because well we'll talk about it we'll talk about why we're going to be trying to talk about tennis because you picked up tennis as a later age, but you're actually more well known for some significantly more important things. <laughs> the former press secretary for George W. Bush, the co-host of the talk show, The Five, anchor at The Daily Briefing. You work for Fox News and you're an author of two books, one of which I just read, the one about your dog, Jasper. We're going to get into <laughs> that as well. But okay. first, tell us where you're at and how the pandemic has affected your job. Well, thanks so much. It truly is an honor to be with you. And I, I love it that uh, pod, I, I'm a big podcast enthusiast. Um, your podcast is a bit new to me, but I've enjoyed it. Um, I have so many podcasts that I listen to, and this is one that I will be recommending for sure. Um, so my husband and I have been married t- almost 22 years. We met on an airplane um, in 1997. He's British, and um, but we moved to America. We w- I moved to England to be with him for a year, and then we, we've been in America um, ever since. So um, he got a citizenship, and we have lived in lots of different places. We lived in San Diego, then Washington, D.C., and now New York. So we rent an apartment in New York, but be- when the pandemic started, we have this weekend house in um, Bayhead, New Jersey. So we came here, um, and... Fox News did such an incredible job of setting us up to be able to work from home in a way that our audience, honestly, a lot of them, even though they we would talk about, of course, we're at home, it doesn't look like we're at home. And I, I was so impressed with their ability to so quickly get all of us up and running. I've not missed a single show. We had a few technical difficulties early on, and sometimes the weather can mess things up just a little bit. Um, so yeah, we've been here and we're grateful that we have space, you know, in New York, we didn't have, a we have no outdoor space, like we don't have a balcony or anything. So the fact that we can get fresh air here and stay safe, um, in a smaller community has been actually really great. I called it, um, I'm calling it a marriage sabbatical. And okay. one of the things that we found is like, wow, we, we have pretty good marriage and he's still my best friend. And. Um, it's been, it's been special for us at the same time. We have a lot of anxiety for what is happening with the, I think we're, you know, as, as a country dealing with three crises all at once, um, in the middle of an election year. So it's a lot. How do you cover all of that? Like, how do you, your day-to-day job, what does it look like? And what are you covering? Are you covering the election, the pandemic equally? How do you go through your day-to-day life? Yeah, well, um, when I was a little girl, my dad started this tradition um, when I was in third grade where I had to read the Rocky Mountain News and the Denver Post before he got home from work every day. And I had to choose two articles to discuss before dinner. So I got used to reading a lot of news early on. And 
sometimes I pinch myself thinking, I can't believe I get paid to do this because I love the news. I love all kinds of news. Um, meaning to consume news. Uh, some news is worse than others. But I, I, in terms of consuming news, I love a great variety. I think of like a salad salad bar where like you take all the different ingredients uh, to inform yourself. Um, and I, I actually, because I'm in, interested in so many things, I really have to rely on our terif- terrific production teams at Fox. So I have an executive producer who does who's the EP of both of my shows. The, the Daily Briefing, which is the news program, and then The Five, which is our fun um, roundtable um, discussion at five o'clock every night. So I have to rely on them to hone down, like, what are we going to talk about today? And then, so I read everything. I rely on them to tell me what we're going to talk about. And then depending on who the guests are uh, and what the topics are, then I spend the rest of my day reaching out to sources, um, especially like on Capitol Hill. I still have a lot of sources on Capitol Hill find out like what's going on as they're trying to put together this legislation of a, of a forced stimulus bill. Um, I'm obviously very interested in the elections. I've all, this is my, wait, 12, 16, 20. I guess this is my third presidential election I've done with Fox News. Um, wow. So I always draw upon my colleagues' experience and collectively, you know, we have a great election coverage team. Do you find it really hard to figure out what's, uh, you know, fake news? I hear fake news all the time and, you know, people are just throwing out stuff now to where. Yeah, I, I think that I have a better ability uh, to spot it, partly because of, you know, I worked as a press secretary for a long time. Um, I believe there are trusted news sources. I am a skeptical news consumer, um, meaning that I don't just take everything at face value. In fact, I'm pretty cautious. If, if you hear something that's big and have you ever heard seen on Twitter, somebody say big, if true, I think no journalist should ever, ever, ever tweet that. That's the dumbest thing you could possibly say. You just say big, let me go check out and see if it's actually true before you say big, if true, because that's ridiculous. Um, I think I'm not on, so I'm not on Facebook for my news consumption and I do think that if, if that was the only place I was getting my news, I think I might be drawn into like down the rabbit hole, like what is going on here. But um, because I feel like I have a pretty good sense of trusted news sources um, and I check like, you know, check three sources before you do anything. Um, but I do, I do, I am concerned about that. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Hey guys, today we have special guest, former press secretary, Dana Perino, sharing with us how to block out the haters on social media. Keep listening. I have so many non-tennis questions for you. Okay. So many, sure. but we have to talk about tennis. So I have to know. We can talk about tennis anytime, but. When you picked it up, how you got into it, how it's added any value to your life, because I understand you picked it up late. And how did that balance your work? Because you're obviously a work first kind of person. Yeah. It sounds like career well, focused. I actually really picked it up because of work. My husband used to like to run now with knees and everything. He doesn't run as much, but we were looking for something that we could do together and that we could do anywhere. 
And so tennis was the thing. He had played a little bit as a kid and we thought, well, maybe we'll give it a shot. So we took some lessons. Oh man, I, I was like, not good, but it couldn't be consistent because my schedule again was just really, really tough. And I actually wore this um, little jacket from Palmetto Bluff because um, I first learned to take, I first really learned about tennis down there in South Carolina where we used to have a place. And what happened was our fr friends of ours gave us as a gift for Christmas lessons and they bought us rackets. So then we were like, we, we have to. You have to get into it. Yes. And um, down there, there was a pro named Mike and he was so nice and great. And so it, that all coincided with the 2016 election. And it, that was a tough election. Um, there was times when, you know, the me um, on social media, people that were in the news were being attacked from both sides, but depending on where you sat, you know, you would get a lot more criticism. And it was, I have to say, it was kind of personally devastating to me and psychologically really hard. And I was, I had a hard time like separating that and realizing that these weren't my friends that felt that way about me, but it was, was really hard. So we took this lesson and I kind of got into it and I wanted, I love to exercise. So I was like, I want to do it more. And so we ended up going to the clinic anytime we could. And then we took a private lesson, but we took it together as a couple. And then we would play with, oh my gosh, we would play in these round robin tournaments. I would win all the time, but only because I would choose a really good partner and I knew how to get out of the way. And people were amazed. They're like, wow, you keep winning. I'm like, oh, I know because I am strategic. And it's funny, I was on Peloton this morning, one of the instructors, she said, I'm not very competitive, but I love to win. <laughs> I guess that's what I say about myself too. Um, and then, so that was in 2015, 16. And then we've been doing it a lot. And my husband's gotten a lot better than me. He has more time to play. He plays this, um, uh, every Friday, the men's tennis at the club here in, in Bayhead. And, but I do kind of feel sorry for the pro that we have now, because when we take lessons, now that we're a little better, I'm, a, I'm light years from where I was. I'm actually better at the net. I'm not as afraid. I feel more confident. Um, now we kind of argue and I kind of feel for him because I didn't get out of the way. I almost got hit by the ball and then Peter's making fun of me. And I was like, what? And then I was in the right place and he still hit me with the ball from behind. So then we got in an argument and I said to the pro, I said, I am so sorry that it feels like tennis court is becoming divorce court, but we weren't really, we weren't really fighting. We were just having it uh, a little. <clears throat> it always makes a difference when you actually have a camp and other people and Clearly you are competitive. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not easy to be where you at, where you're at, uh, without being competitive. Um, you mentioned something, uh, which actually got me thinking, uh, in the 2016 election, you, you felt like you were, um, criticized by people that you said you knew that they weren't your friends, but you know, it's public people, you know, keyboard warriors, people that just say things without having any repercussions and consequences with their words. In tennis, I'm sure you've heard, that's what we get a lot when we lose a match, when we lose a point. I mean, I've gotten death threats. I've had Facebook pages start for someone in my family to like pass away. Like it's very, very bad. So, you know, people just don't know, don't really think like, oh, wow, you know, it happens to everyone. How did you deal with that? So that's, it's really interesting. One of the things it did was give me a, um, 
a healthy appreciation for what parents of teenagers and especially teen girls are going through. Because when I was a kid, um, when you came home from school, school was over, except I like to play school after school. This <laughs> is pretty funny, but um, now your phone, it, it, it feels like when you see something about yourself that's critical on, on your phone, you think everyone has seen it. So, and, I, and that was me at 44 years old. So if you're a preteen girl, and think about being 14, that's the worst age. Universally for all girls, that's the worst possible age. And imagine what they're going through. So that gave me an appreciation for it and the difficulty in putting it down. You know, my husband said, is there anything I can do for you? It's like, no. Um, I'll actually tell you an interesting story. Um, a lot of a lot of what was coming at me, I didn't know at the time, were these bots, like these Russian bots. And I didn't know it at the time. But in October of 2016, I went to Dallas to see President Bush because I was doing an event for him, I think, at the library. And so we had a private catch-up right beforehand. And he was like, how's your summer? And I said, I was just you can't lie to the president. And I said, sir, I've had the most difficult professional summer of my life. I said, what? And I, he's like, so he has me tell him a little bit about it. And he says, why didn't you call me? And I said, sir, if I had called you and said, people are being mean to me on Twitter, you would have correctly said, get off Twitter. Because you have he had a really strong stomach for criticism, right? If you're running for president or you served as president or your dad served as president, you have taken all of those slings and arrows. That was really the first time for me for being attacked. You know, I, I always thought of like, oh, wow, I'm Amer I used to be America's sweetheart and now they call me America's ex-wife. You know, I, I, it was just devastating for me in a while. But then Facebook and Twitter purged a lot, all those fake accounts. And I would say almost overnight it stopped. The other thing that I think that you should do if you're on social media and look, you get it as tennis players, the football players are going to get it. The people in the symphony are going to get it. Like wherever you are, wherever you're in that world, there are going to be these trolls. I did something um, where I only can see comments from people I follow. It's one of the settings that you can find on Twitter. I don't use Facebook as much, but, and on Instagram, you can turn off comments. And you'd be amazed. You turn that off and you realize you don't know what's happening. And your life is immediately better. It's like, it's like taking 25 pound weights off your ankles so you can run a, run a race better. So that's, that's one thing I would really recommend people do. What's your take on the fact that athletes, especially recently, but definitely since 2016, athletes have taken more of a stance publicly on politics, on movements, mm -hmm. on civil rights, and it's become more normal. Um, but I think a lot of them yeah. get a lot of feedback and bad feedback and hate for having any kind of political stance, God forbid, publicly. What's it's your so take on that? It's, it's so interesting. You know, um, I have a lot of friends who think that um, any political stance taken by an athlete is bad for the sport or bad for them. And I, I, I just have a different point of view. Look at Billie Jean King. Where would we all, would the three of us be sitting here having this conversation about ten, on tennis.com if it hadn't been for women like her? She took Good a point. stand. Mm -hmm. And think of how, imagine if Twitter existed then. 
<laughs> but you think about her, how bold she was. And there are consequences sometimes for speaking up and everybody has to weigh the costs and benefits of what they wanna do. And also I think, that, but here's the other thing I would say, what is your ultimate goal, right? Like that's how I like, okay, Jasper's gonna have to have a drink. So you might hear that. Um, with anything that I am working on, whether it's um, at work or personally, or as part of a group project, you have to think like, so what, what do you want to achieve? And then you have to work your backwards. What can I, what are the things I'm going to do to help achieve that goal? And if, for example, kneeling for the national anthem is not getting you to that goal, then maybe you have to change your tactic because if all, if everything then becomes about you and the kneeling and you've lost the broader perspective, then maybe I think about it. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everyone, you're listening to the Tennis.com podcast with special guest Fox News reporter Dana Perina. She's telling us how tennis has enriched her life. Keep listening. Someone in your position, I mean, do you feel like you're constantly having to be politically correct, like no matter who you speak to or? Um, I, I'm always, I have always been my entire life. If you read the other book I wrote um, called, um, and the good news is, you'll see that even as a kid, I, I would look at how and listen to how people were saying things and redo it in my head in a way that would have been more effective for them to avoid an argument or to reach the goal that they wanted to get. Like I'd be in the backseat of my car going, oh, my mom, my mom, mom, you should have waited to get home because if you say this when he's on the road and then he's can't pay attention and he's going to get mad and like timing was important or thinking. So I've always been a very cautious speaker because I do worry a lot about how somebody is going to take something. And I get some criticism still sometimes for, for being um, wishy-washy or not willing to, you know, punch and, I've realized that, but if I do that, it's not me being me. So I just, I, I just am naturally cautious, I would say. Tennis journalism is, journalism is nowhere near as serious as like actual real news, in my opinion. But sometimes we do have like hard, awkward topics to tackle. And like my strategy is Oh my gosh, been- school, like drug use, um, steroids, um, rules, bad behavior, no, you guys have a lot. Things get dicey, but I always try and like to tell, I don't know if this is the right way to do it, but it's how I've been doing it is to tell both sides and try to like lay things out as they happen instead of having my own biased opinion. Yeah. And I don't know. If, I mean, I think it's working because I don't, as far as I know, like I've never been completely wrong about anything or, you know, gotten a lot of hate for it, but it, it is weird when you cover certain athletes who have a certain stigma attached to them. Right. Like it being defined and how do you want to be defined? So like what I say to young women in particular is, you know, you always be thinking about yourself, your reputation. How are you presenting yourself? How do you want people to think about you? And can you continue to hold your head high? Can you look yourself in the mirror at the end of the day and feel like you have stayed true to your dignity and your integrity? Um, And I think that 
for especially as, as young journalists, right? So if you're interviewing people, the most important thing is, can they trust you? And can you prove to them that they can trust you? And you might have to write something sometimes that says, here's what he said, or here's what she said, and this is what happened, and these are the facts. And you don't have to weigh in on it with an opinion. I think that, um, I think women kind of do this pretty well, like, because we are natural, um, we, we are people that nat naturally want to bring people together. Right. Like I, yeah. like on our show on the five, I always try to make like, Oh wait, no, actually you guys, we all agree. Yeah. See, like you think that and you think that, and actually it's, we're all, it's all happy, all right? family guys. It's all going to be okay. That's how I feel all the time. I'm like, it's going to be okay, guys. Don't hate anyone. It it's fine. It's going to be okay. It is. Yeah. Okay. So we, Jasper was on for a minute there. You wrote a book about your dog called, let me tell you about Jasper. Um, a pleasurable read. Very, very entertaining. <laughs> is your dog something, I kind of like tennis, something that distracts you from work in a good way it adds to your life yeah. and gives you something yeah. I think having like another yeah. focus is so important in your life I grew up with dogs um and um but my husband and I have raised two vishlas uh Henry was our first one Jasper the silly one is uh the second um Jasper's kind of famous also you know so it's been a great buffer between me and politics so like at the dog park I have a rule. There's no politics at the dog park. If somebody wants to come up and ask me who is vice, who is Joe Biden going to choose as his vice president? I'm like, oh, sorry, at the dog park. I don't talk about it. But you can catch me at five. You know, we'll talk about it on the five. Um, I love it that we, you know, when we drive around, and people are like, hey, there's America's dog, Jasper. Um, it's been great as a bridge builder for to with me and uh, like my one of my very dear friends is Donna Brazil, who is a very prominent Democrat. And she had little chip chip when I had Henry and we bonded over those dogs. And now we both have uh, new dogs. She has Zora and I have Jasper and um, it has helped us bond as a family. Uh, and then with other people, friends and family and Charles Krauthammer, um, who unfortunately passed away, but he was a great uh, writer and thinker, philosopher and columnist uh, wrote about how dogs just keep your, making your heart grow bigger. And I'm sure cat people feel the same way, but um, yeah, so we did that. The, the book about Jasper came after um, the first book, which was, and the good news is, and and that book had done so well. So if your book, your first book does well, they'll often let you do a second book. Um, and that was the one chapter um, that I really wanted to have in the first book, but we had to cut it because the book was getting too long. And when I said that we could cut it, my editor said, I promise you that one day there will be a Jasper book. And um, we did, we worked with an artist called Five Fan Photoshops. Uh, he stays anonymous, but his work is incredible. Um, putting Jasper into all sorts of different scenarios and movie posters and things like that. It's been a joy. I saw the, the photo of bad him thing about tennis. having a dog and, is that he can't come to tennis. <laughs> Why not? I saw the photo of him photoshopped of him playing tennis. He's like serving. That's right. I bet he chases the balls though. Does and you have to look them? at those little, those little socks and shoes in that picture. It's amazing. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal effort. The other reason I wanted to play tennis was a great reason to buy new outfits. Okay, but now looking ahead, though, are you working on a third book? Because I thought I saw that you're working on a book called Great News. Yes. Um, well, we haven't announced it yet um, right. officially, and that is kind of a working title. The first one was about good news and great news. Um, but a lot of it has to do with um, it's all you know, mentoring advice for young women. I've, I've had so many great opportunities and feel an obligation to give back. And I think that's the best way to do it because I most I, I get questions from people all the time about careers and um, you know getting started and then moving on and maybe like, I don't have children but you know those decisions about 
starting a family and taking care of a family. And, uh, you know, I think it's been very interesting to, to watch the stories of Serena Williams. Um, yeah. So I think all of those stories have been really amazing. And I think the way she's handled it has really helped women realize that you just do it. Like you, you can do it. It's not going to be easy, but you can do it. You'll get through it and you can have, you can have it all, maybe not all at once, but you can really have a really great life with a lot of different experiences. I love hearing that because I know that I read, I think it was in the book where you mentioned that in your mid twenties, you were kind of going through like a quarter life crisis, so yes. to speak. And I was like, can yeah. I have one at 31? Is that okay too? Like what's the- Oh, well, see, actually that's why I'm writing the book. The third book is okay, because good. I have realized that the quarter life crisis is following young women into their mid thirties. And I want to help them figure out a way to, to know that everything's going to be okay. I, I was telling this to Nina actually, cause she mentioned this earlier and I was just like, honestly, I think the quarter life and the 30 year old crisis, I think is also definitely coming out with this pandemic. People that probably didn't think, Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then this pandemic happened and it was just kind of like, you know, the last straw in a sense. Indeed. Indeed. And I, I, you know, there's a a lot of uncertainty and it's hard to live day by day. Like we, we don't know when are we going back to the office? You know, I'm sure you have friends that have been laid off or that um, had reduced hours or reduced pay. Um, And we're in for the long, we're in for a really rough period, but we'll get through it. Like, well, we have the best possible system. We have a resilient system. Um, And so Keeping positive is important, but it's not always easy. I think I miss the human interaction the most when you work with your coworkers and different people, even strangers. I kind of miss that. But also tennis. Like I feel tennis was shut down for so long and now public courts seem to be open. Have you been playing? Do you plan on playing again? Yes, um, we have. um, We're able to play at the club here. Um, I remember um, actually at one point they had put these huge chains on the public courts here to like prevent people from going in. I was like, how are you going to get coronavirus when you're just hitting a ball. Anyway. Um, Don't get me started yeah, we on can that. Play now. We, we can play now and um, we, we, we love it. And we just keep looking for a ringer to bring to the game so that I can keep winning, even though <laughs> all I do is get out of the way. I would love to hit with you. I'll offer myself. I'm not okay. bad. I would love it. I would love it. I would be such an honor. I, you know, it would be do you like fun. to, do you like to watch tennis as well? Or yes, are you actually, more- that's, that's interesting. You say that um, because now that we're a little better, um, and understanding things more. So like this year's lessons have been more about the strategy of doubles rather than just figuring out how to hit a forehand. And um, our pro kept saying, well, as you, when you watch tennis, you'll see, and I'm like, I never watched tennis. I watched the news. But so I came back and, you know, we have one of those remotes that you can speak into. So I just said tennis. <laughs> and yeah, so now we're, like the tennis channel comes on and Peter and I've been watching these um, games, uh, even like old games old matches. Um, and you're like, Oh, I see, I get it. Wow. And it's under, and so now I feel like I have something like a whole new hobby to really respect and understand. Um, I have a question. What is this game that they're playing? That's like X three and it's just two people on a singles court. And then you can bet like, you're what is that? So ultimate tennis showdown it's in France. Okay. It's Serena Williams's coach, Patrick Martoglu invented it. And the idea was to change the game of tennis completely. Not great for someone just getting into it, but he tried to make it more like almost like basketball four quarters. And they have these like weird cards, like uh, almost like wild cards they can put down. Yeah. 
And then they can get things like this point counts three if I hit a winner. It's it's silly, but the idea was to make tennis more fun and make it different from the tour. And look, you know what I have to say? It's kind of fun to watch on TV. It's exciting. It's, it's a little just faster, so different. Like it's a bit it, of a shock. You know, yeah. Yeah. So we so yeah we've been watching it, and um, I just know that it's a it's a, it's a great sport for so many reasons. But I think it's something that again Peter and I can continue to do together. But also he has made new friends because he's playing at the club and he plays with different people. Um, and it's something that we can do throughout our lives, right? We are so thankful to have you on our podcast. It has been very enlightening. It has been uh, definitely a teaching moment for both Nina and I, and uh, hopefully we can get on the court sometime in the near future. Honestly, like that would be a huge dream come true. So <laughs> we might have to do it with no cameras. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. Fine. That's totally good with me. Thank Thanks you, and good can. luck to you both. I'm proud of you proud of you all that you're doing this is amazing and i'll be listening thank you so much appreciate it from the tennis channel podcast network this has been the tennis.com podcast be sure to subscribe to stay caught up we're available on apple podcasts spotify and every major listening app as well as tennis.com slash podcasts you can also see the videos of our episodes on tennis channel's youtube page and tennis.com's facebook page we're your hosts, Nina Pantic and Irina Falcone. We'd like to thank our team, editor and audio designer and video editor, Christina Koseva, producers, Alexa March and Sean O'Malley, and executive producers, Shelby Coleman, Kyle Einhorn, and Andy Chu.